Captain. Incoming message. You're listening to the Atomic Geeks, a podcast covering movies, TV, comic books, video games, and everything in between. So geeky. Podcast Log, episode 115.0. This is Captain CT of NerdLunch.net. And I and tonight, I am sitting in the captain's chair on the bridge of the USS Atomic Geeks. I'm on Subspace Channel 12, calling in from Tallahassee whilst drinking an illegal Romulan ale, a.k.a. Mountain Dew Voltage. Let's find out who else is on the bridge here with me. Well, hello. Uh, beaming in from Newmarket, Ontario, it's Atomic Geek Mike Downs here. Welcome, CT. Let me be the first to say that. Uh, Captain CT, maybe, as it were. Um, I am drinking tonight. My Romulan ale is flavored uh, Brava, and this is in uh, tribute to my father-in-law who passed away last week. Roger, this one's for you, buddy. Thanks. It's Andrew Bloom, and the ship has been taken over by CT, but I'm still enjoying a large cask of blood wine. Uh, which is actually Bud Blood Light Lime because I didn't have anything else in the fridge. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're very similar. Those two. Yes. Oh, hello, Internet. It's your pal Christian in his holodeck, and in my hand I have a cold bottle of Old Credit Amber Ale. Old Credit Amber L is a uh, little product from a local brewery called the Old Credit Brewing Company Limited. Is that in Port Credit? It uh, probably is, but there you go. Old Credit <laughs> Amber Ale. Uh, little microbrewery for tonight's recording. I was going to say, it's going to be somewhere around Mississauga to have a name like Credit something or other. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was funny that I wasn't drinking my usual stuff. I don't even. All. You know, it's, I, I've had enough of this blood wine. I don't even know if I mentioned. That it's Andrew. I don't think I said my name. <laughs> you know, but no, what I'm most interested in is actually is what CT's drinking for crying out loud. See, this is another example of, of products that Yankee Doodles get that we don't get up here, I'm pretty sure. I mean, have you ever seen uh, Mountain Dew Voltage you don't have in, in your blue Mountain that? Dew, raspberry uh, citrus flavor, and ginseng? No, we do not get that. That's what it is. I thought it was like it was like powered by electricity or think, something. Yes. That too. Yes. <laughs> like hook it up to a car battery and enjoy. I think that um, well, our Mountain Dew even is caffeine free. Mountain Dew down no. in the states. Oh yeah, Mountain Dew in the states is like super caffeinated. Yeah, that's here I don't think it has any caffeine. Really? Yeah. That, I thought the whole point of Mountain Dew was, well, that was one of the main reasons because it kind of keeps you for its limey, yum, tasty fruit goodness and the caffeine. Mm. <laughs> and and because only two major companies distribute all the uh, pop in Canada, so it's just another flavor to them. They don't really give a fuck what it tastes like. Now, is that true, too, or are you just making up that fact? That's completely true. It's owned by, I don't know, I'm not for sure, but it's either Pepsi or Coke. There are only two distribution companies in all of Canada who distribute software, uh, soft drinks. It's one or the other. Everything, any root beer you have, Barks is Coke, root beer, uh, the other one is whatever the fucking Pepsi one is. Mountain Dew is Pepsi. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Sprite versus 7-Up. And they're just, you know, other flavors. Unless of... unless you get, like, really local something-something. Like, it's Pop Shop Pop. That's by the Pop Shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think CT knows about that company. But, That's uh, the best. Uh, you know, well, I did want to mention that it's usually at this point or sooner that you would have heard 
the effervescent voice of one Mr. Michael DiGiovanni, who is not here tonight. Uh, he is on an away mission, and I hope that's, for his sake that he is not wearing a red shirt. Yes, that's that's correct. We're all going to talk in really low voices to pretend we're DJO. <laughs> and we're going to use a lot of air quotes. <laughs> and talk... <laughs> On and on and on. And, and we'll say, <laughs> and we'll say, let's be honest a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's be honest. Wow. I didn't say that that much. And that obviously, much? CT's concern this evening is never to be hosting again on the Tom Kicks <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, welcome, CT. Even though you took over with force, uh, you're very welcome to be on the Atomic well, Geekdom. Yeah, welcome to our, our first ever host outside of the inner circle of Atomic Geekdom. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. First to say, welcome. So welcome. Hey, your robe is in the mail. <laughs> I can't wait to wear it. Well, on that note, does anybody have any... Geek News. <sighs> Geek News. I think you do. Well, I wanted to uh, mention uh, the passing of uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. So you guys oh, are fans, oh. and uh, I, you know, and I'm not a huge wrestler fan myself, but uh, he was one of my favorite uh, wrestling personalities. In spite of that, so I thought I'd throw that out there for you guys to discuss a bit. I I didn't even hear about this. Apparently, I'm as good at hearing geek news as I am about reporting on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> good. good. That's, uh, yeah, you don't usually the- bring the news. Yeah, what little details I know about it, uh, according to his brother, who I guess is obviously leaping Lanny Poffo, uh, said that he basically driving his Jeep, had a heart attack while driving, and then hit a tree. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. 58 years old, Macho Man Randy Savage, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. The very first wrestling t-shirt I ever owned was essentially, again, the Macho Man Randy Savage t-shirt. I remember that because the logo had his, basically the M or something, you know, incorporating his sunglasses into the actual logo. It was actually pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Macho Man, you know, may he rest in peace, epitomizes the quintessential 80s wrestling. It's funny that you mentioned it, CT, because I think this is one of those ones that, I mean, gosh, aside from, Hulk Hogan, probably, this would be one of, uh, and maybe Ultimate Warrior, this would be definitely, and maybe Stone Cold, okay. And Honky Tonk Man, no, uh, and, Earthquake. No, and the Rock. <laughs> that would be it. Like, in terms of Main Street people, I would say those five are the top five mainstream, and this would be the first of that five, I would think, that, uh, you know, people, like, I know people who have never, ever claimed to watch wrestling, but pictures of, of, of uh, Marchman on their Facebook and were like, rest in peace. I remember the 80s when you were the man. Oh, yeah, and stuff like that. So it was pretty, I think it was pretty felt, that's for sure. I was going to say, yeah, people you never knew had pictures of Macho Man on their desks or something like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just like my mom has a picture of Macho Man on her fridge. <laughs> no, but he was great, though, because I remember, first of all, I remember him first coming to the WWF and all they had that whole shtick where the managers were courting him saying, I'll offer you this. You come with me and I'll give you this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I mean, you're talking about Macho Man. I mean, he was one of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, I've actually downloaded and watched. He had a great um, feud with Ricky Steamboat back from the WCW days, uh, which is uh, freaking amazing. But uh, he also, when he won the Intercontinental Belt from. Uh, Tito Santana, and he used the <laughs> brass knuckles, you know, illegally, and that was one of the most controversial matches I remember being a kid ever. I mean, Macho Man was in, and not not to mention the Mega Powers with Hulk Hogan, he was in some pretty big matches in the 80s and 90s. 
But they showed that match where he won the Intercontinental title belt the first time on regular TV. I distinctly remember that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, I, I mean, not to dissect the whole thing, but I mean, the, the thing that you mentioned, the whole, the whole, uh, um, managers courting him and that all happened on tv it was a beauty of how macho man got over much like i might add how stone cold got over in the end stone cold worked his way up through the intercontinental belt did a lot of crazy shit on tv and that's how he won the people it's kind of interesting now looking back and I, uh, one more thing on macho man is i guess the only um positive i mean oh, there's lots of positives to take uh, i guess out of this that maybe he's on in a better place or something like that but uh you know uh, a positive would be that um Maybe now we'll get a really nice uh, collection of his work from someone somewhere. Maybe his wife will pull that together now, which would be pretty freaking amazing, I would think. And one of the best freaking promo guys ever. Ever. Gravy. Ever. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. And he was in Spider-Man. Yes. Bonesaw. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Tom McGraw. All right. Well, uh, I heard a little rumor that there might be some other geek news. <laughs> do I dare bother trying to bring geek news to the Atomic Geeks? One again? day, one day you can do it. You never know. Uh, I, not go. so much geek news, but I just had to bring it up. <laughs> Starting off right off the bat, he's like, Sorry. "Not much geek news, Look, but why don't you just say, listen, this is a big start. pile of shit. No one wants to hear this, but here we go.' I drove past the sign today." <laughs> Hot off the presses, Gork News. <laughs> the, um, Andrew steps on gum. <laughs> Di- okay, quiet now. Disney has released a new uh, trailer for a new movie called Green with Envy, starring JC- Jason Segel and Adam Amy Adams. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this at all, but this is a teaser trailer for the new Muppet movie. I have, yeah. I have seen this trailer. This is well, hilarious, <laughs> a little teaser that they've put out that is you know starts out like a romantic comedy it looks like it's going to be the worst movie ever <laughs> with jason siegel and amy adams and then all of a sudden they're like starring oh. kermit the frog yeah. and i saw this trailer last night and it is excellent it's it yeah. is a freaking awesome trailer I, and it also it, it's a great it's also a great teaser because like half the trailer is this fake romantic uh comedy movie they're they're trying to promote yeah. you know what i mean just, and they just and they just show snippets of the muppet movie at the end it's like god ah, i want more just, and just when you think like when they lull you into falling asleep because of this stupid movie all of a sudden Kermit the frog comes out and the announcer s- stumbles on it which makes it very funny i have to tell you i got excited to see the muppets and say look at they're 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 not cgi they're they're still the muppets and they look they, well kermit looks great i think he's lost some weight <laughs> yeah, I guess I've got mixed feelings about it, honestly. Um, but th- this is only because I'm such a huge Muppets fan, and I have not really liked anything since Jim Henson died. That's correct. Back in '89, and so like every, I mean, I'm glad they're still going. I'm glad it's still going on, and and they're still making things with the Muppets. But uh, I just, I don't know, like nothing that has come since has has really had that same charm and personality that the old stuff does. So, um, you know, yay for it, but. I just might. Well, I don't even think you're saying. I, I don't even think you're saying yay for it. I think it sounds like it's, you're a freaking a purist that will never accept anything that's outside of the mind I, of Jim. I Hansen. will be completely honest when it when it comes to the Muppets. I, I am a total hipster. I I don't I don't make apologies for it. But hey, no, but that that makes total sense. I get it. But this one, I, I thought the trailer was quite clever, and I kind of thought maybe they'll put something pretty good together because uh, I'll, I haven't watched very much since then either, and I found myself surprised. That I was like, this. I want to see this. This is Muppets. I'm happy, but it could well, be the worst thing like, ever. 
apparently that Jason Segel guy is a freaking big, super duper fan of the Muppets. Like this is his dream come true. I think he's a, a super geek. Yeah. Like I think he's hilarious. Yeah, he's very funny. I would imagine that he's a he's a bit of a, a geek at heart or, or wide open. I don't know. And I like Amy Adams. I think she fits in well with the Muppets, with the district kind of like doe-eyed character she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, let me just say, so while you guys were talking, I watched this because I hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting because I don't know if, I don't know if you have stuck with it to get to the punchline. Do you know what I mean? It, like that's, it's a minute and 32 seconds. I think 48 or 50 seconds of it is, you know, this fake story, but uh, it is cool when all of a sudden, uh, you know, Buddy stumbles over it, and I, I agree with what you're saying, Christian. I think Amy Adams is pretty darn perfect for this movie. Um, you know, uh, CT, I hear what you're saying, you know, and it'd be interesting, it's interesting that DJ's not here, because he's a, also a huge yeah, Muppet fan. I, I, I wonder how, how he would feel about it. Uh, you know, and my wife's a huge fan, so I, I'm not the biggest Muppet fan myself, so I think this looks interesting. I'm sure we would go watch it for my kids' sake, so... I'm kind of neither here nor there on it, well, I guess. When what, what was the last Muppet film in the theater? Muppet? In the theater, not direct to DVD, but in the theater. Muppets from Space. Oh, really? Yeah. That sounds like it was awesome. It was. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was. That's eh. a long time. <laughs> what was that? It was like uh, 2001 or something like that? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. You're asking a question out loud that none of us have the answer well, to. So. I don't know. We don't you have here? I can check up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, we won't. But, I'm, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> Look it up, gentle listener. <laughs> okay. Well, anybody else have geek news? No. Yes. No. All right. Well, with uh, with that out of the way, uh, let's move on to our main topic of the evening, which, as we've so subtly hinted at, is the classic sitcom "Who's the Boss." <laughs> Uh, I still think uh, Tony Danza should come back to the show in a, in a made-for-TV movie. All right, show done. <laughs> Tommy picks. Well, hey, ho, 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 ho. If we're, ta- if we're not talking about who's the boss, we'll talk about Alyssa Milano now. Oh, we should talk more about Catherine Hellman as Mona. She was a piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, yeah, actually, uh, we're talking Star Trek tonight. Oh, Star Trek. Star Trek. Um, oh, so just okay. a little bit of background on Star Trek before we move into the main discussion, uh, just to kind of set the stage, <laughs> Wait, set the tone for us, oh, for us, or for the list, just for the listeners. <laughs> well, just in case no one's ever heard of it before. Mm-hmm. Debuting in 1966, Star Trek was a little television show that, in spite of not being horribly successful initially, launched one of the biggest franchises in the history of geekdom. The show only initially lasted three seasons, but it would go on to spawn a cartoon, 11 movies, four spinoff series, and countless comics and novels. While Star Trek has been brought up from time to time on the Atomic Geeks podcast, there has never been an entire episode solely devoted to this monumental franchise. As a fairly knowledgeable fan of Trek, I am offering my services to facilitate a discussion on this topic tonight. So with that in mind, the first thing I want to ask you right off the top is what took you guys so long to get to a Trek-focused episode? We had to get you on Skype first. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know, honestly. I mean, we've always got other topics. Have we dedicated to anything up. towards Star Wars, though? Like, I know we've. Oh talked, my god! Well, actually, yes, we that's have. true. We have had those Star Wars things. We. I think. 
at heart, although, uh, I mean, myself, I wouldn't call myself a Trekkie. I've watched a lot of Star Trek. Uh, maybe I'm a Star Wars guy, or maybe we just felt it was easier. I don't know. No, so as we were saying in the in the pre-production discussions for the show, you know, I've seen all the Star Trek stuff. I haven't watched every single episode, but I guess when it comes down to it, we're more Star Wars guys than anything else uh, in terms of our fandom. It doesn't mean we don't watch Star Trek. I just we just haven't got around to in you know a hundred and some odd episodes talking Star Trek. Maybe by two hundred. I think I think it's one of those things that Star Trek is so huge, and and Trekkies love. Star Trek so much that there's more fear of offending people or, or getting things incorrect during Star I'm not, you know, it sounds funny to say it, but think about it. It is a massive property that people devote so much of their knowledge to. Where Star Wars, you can be a casual type fan and still talk about it. Yeah, well, collectively, we've never been actual real experts on Star Trek to sort of get, like, I guess, different parts anything. of it. Well, I mean, I mean <laughs> first of all, I mean, I'm not afraid of offending anyone. That's, that's what I was say. We'll, this talk podcast. Like, we'll talk about anything. I don't, mean, I don't give a fuck. I don't yeah, mean did you listen to last like week's that. episode? Yeah. I don't mean. <laughs> I don't mean offending I mean, like that, you douche. Like, I mean, just no. But we're, we're not coming right. off like complete no, knowing nothing because we would, if it was the four of us talking about Star Trek, it would be. Do you remember that girl with the hair and she drank that, that I mean, thing? But at least we'd come across, I'm sure we'd come across this basically being honest about what we feel about friggin' Star Trek. Well, I mean, the thing is, we're not Trekkies, and, you know, a lot of this podcast spawns out of conversations we've either had or talked about having as a group of friends, and, you know, we talked about the Star Trek movie because it's on right now, but, you know, I don't think we would sit around talking a lot about Star Trek as much as we would Star Wars, I guess, at the end of the fucking day. Sorry, CT, and... Oh, well, that's fine. Our changes tonight. Yeah, we <laughs> We've never really sat around and talked about Star Wars, really. We have either, fucking so. How, what do you think nah, with Mark Dury, man? That's all we fucking do with that guy. That's all Dury talks about. He <laughs> actually can't speak of anything else. <laughs> <laughs> really, really awkward at, at work. Risk. <laughs> the boy. And Firefly. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we've made fun of Star Trek, though. I know we've done that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let me um, just quickly, uh, if everyone could go around and... And just sort of talk about your early experiences with Star Trek. Maybe it was it was sort of what your first exposure to it as a kid was, or or what. I mean, you've said you've all watched it before. So what what kind of got you into watching it early on? And we'll just start with you, uh, Andrew. Um, I can remember watching the original series, um, probably reruns, obviously. But I can remember watching it and not not being a huge fanatic about it because I was quite young when I was watching it, but it was enough to make me think this is kind of, this is kind of interesting. I, but what I would say, what got me really into Star Trek is the next generation, um, which is way later. And I know at that point I had watched a whole bunch of the original series, but next generation really sunk in its hooks with me. And that was my, that's my Star Trek generation to not to steal the title. Um, that's the one that I've probably seen every episode. I've probably seen every episode more than once. Uh, I watch that shit like crazy and, and more than any other Star Trek anything. What about you, Christian? It, you know, I, I know when you brought that question up, I tried to think to myself, when was my first exposure to Star Trek? I think, oddly enough, my first exposure to Star Trek was actually tonight. the toys. <laughs> tonight, <laughs> when I learned about uh, Spack and uh, Kerpel Kark. Um, no, it was actually, uh, as a kid, the toys, because I remember distinctly having uh, the, uh, a Spock action figure. Oh, yes. And I had, pardon me? I said, yes. 
Yes. This reminded me of that because I saw the first Star Trek movie and it wasn't very good. Yeah, I had the Spock action figure and uh, I had um, a phaser uh, a toy pistol that shot like uh, these spinning discs yes. as well. I had those. And I had a friggin', uh, the friggin' um, walkie-talkie, whatever the heck they call it. The uh, communicator? communicator? Communicator, yeah. And But uh, I wasn't exactly sure. I knew there was something to it like i guess parents here's some space toys have fun you know, you know? The, the funny part is and not to go off to the side here but how bad were star trek's first uh attempt at making toys <laughs> like they were just not like they're i love the gun with sh- shot the discs but the i like I that remember, that was good yeah but i can remember my my captain kirk toy now that you bring it up and my spock and they were not good toys were these the uh, the Mego toys, like the uh, eight inch ones, or the yeah? The no, ones. they were the they were the small ones. I remember they were just no. I had the Mego one. That went like I cause I remember distinctly able to take his boots off, Spock's boots off. Oh, I I don't think I was. My parents couldn't afford those. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as the first one of the first episodes of Star Trek, I remember seeing. I don't know how old I was, but I remember it scared me though. That was the one. Of the original series, where these flying pancakes would freaking attach themselves to the back of people's heads and stuff, and like burn them or I don't possess them. I can't remember what that thing did. Pancakes, yes, flying pancakes. But do you know I, what I'm talking about? I do. do you remember that? Yeah, it's like these kind of, they're like jellyfish, but they fly. They come out of nowhere. Wow! I was like, what the hell is this? You know, it was very scary at the time. I think I was two. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Mr. Downs? Well, for me, you know, I've mentioned it before, and I've never really thought of thinking of this as my think, considering my father is geeky, but it keeps coming up in discussion, and it's really kind of hit me now as as you guys were talking that my dad must have been a real friggin' nerd because, um, you know, he again was a Star Trek fan. I mentioned Doctor Who, a lot of movies and stuff. Um, I remember the movies for sure, um, but I, I remember being a kid and going like. This this science fiction kind of sucks. These movies aren't very good. I mean, like the first couple. But then I definitely remember Star Trek, the series, and being young and watching that. And specifically, as Christian pointed out, had an episode. I remember the episode for sure where Kirk battles that, like, lizard guy on the planet, um, which is, like, I think a pretty big, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a pretty famous episode. And I remember that. I also remember a lot of the chicks that Kirk would, like, make out with stuff. And I remember being a kid and watching this going, wow, man, like, this is a crazy show. You know, this guy's out making out with these chicks. He's fighting these freaking aliens. So, uh, again, I didn't really realize at the time, but my dad was a pretty big freaking nerd. And then, obviously... Star Trek TNG was big in in our time, you know. Uh, Blue mentions. I think I think we were all in college or, or you know at the time and probably in the high school for me. Yeah, was it end of high school? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So you know, around this time, we were. It was definitely on through this period of time. And that, you know, it mentioned how we hadn't talked about it. If this podcast was on, you know, shit like the Borg and shit. I loved all that stuff. I'm, I'm a big Star Trek fan. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. There's a lot of shit I like. So um, and TNG was a huge part of that. That's for sure. Well, my my just to jump in for. My early uh, experience was was I remember watching Star Trek II and that sort of being the first thing that that I was exposed to as far as Star Trek goes, and the um, uh, and then well, in the first movie as well, but the subsequent movies, you know, the search for Spock and him coming back, and then the the voyage home with the whales, and and then that led into Next Generation, which that came on when I was in sixth grade, so that was on from when I was in sixth grade through high school, which is a a really um, you know the huge formative years for me and so next generation was almost like one of my friends i you know it sounds real nerdy but that's you know it was it was there for those seven years and uh so that that's um sort of the formative uh basis of my my trek fandom as well mm-hmm. what year do the next generation start 
Are you talking about what year it came on or what year? Yeah, what it, year? Like what year on tel- Like what year? You know, turn on the TV. First episode of Next Generation comes on. 1987. When, when was, yeah. 1987. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember what I heard about it. And I was like, because I, I distinctly remember getting my hair cut at some friggin' shopping mall and seeing some friggin' TV magazine and saying, hey, new Star Trek is coming out, blah, 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 blah. I was like, well, that looks interesting. I mean, I'll tell you what, if you want to, I mean, if we're talking Star Trek memories, I remember the first episode, you know, when they're building the crew on that planet that's like a big slug or something, right? Or, you know what I mean? And they end up, Riker, it joins, and, you know, and I'm like, that was, a, I remember that as a pretty big moment of tv like watching that first coming out you're probably right it was more high school uh i guess for us andrew sure, and sure. and maybe christian it was probably you know out of and shaving just at finished that point. college yeah yeah, yeah. So i just got out of the navy <laughs> <laughs> all right well um what i thought we might try and do is there is you know six series and with a total of 718 episodes and all the movies i thought we'd still try and do a quick survey of all the shows we've kind of all touched on um, i think we've all touched on the original series a bit but were there any more general impressions of that of the classic trek any other thoughts you had on the show uh talking specifically the those three initial seasons that it was hey, on well well i remember seeing the, the first movie in the theater and I remember the whole big buzz at the time was that uh, the chick on the show who actually shaved her head would, but was still sexy without hair. Well, what's her name from Cheers and now Dancing with the Stars fame? Um, uh, Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley was in the first movie, was she not? She was in no. the second one. Damn it! That's the one I liked. <laughs> she, she was, a, and she was a Vulcan. Oh well, come on! But who doesn't like the Wrath of Khan for crazy? That's sakes? the third I mean, movie, isn't it? That's the second. What? Oh my god! That's the second cool. movie. Okay, I'll tell you one thing. I did see a lot of these, but I have a terrible memory, and I'm drunk. <laughs> like Wrath of Khan, as far as, as far as geek circles goes, essentially is called like basically the like the the ultimate friggin' science fiction movie. Like one of them, at least. Like if you're making a list of the top science fiction movies of all time, Wrath of Khan is like up there. Yes. Yeah, it's Am one of my wrong? favorite movies ever. Yes. Yes. And I mean, who doesn't like a friggin' Wantaban? That's right, exactly. But, but it also it links back to the original series so well, too. Well, that's the thing. You didn't even come close to answering his question, which is part well, of it. Well, he asked about more Star Trek memories, for Christ's sake. But he was saying about the memory. original series. But the it's, original series connects to the original movies, though. That's all it says right there. <laughs> the, I apparently am doing a horrible job hosting. <laughs> no, you're, you're just it's trying to control these people. Well, um, according to uh, Andrew, I'm doing a horrible job of answering. <laughs> that's correct, like always. The... I can remember a lot of the, the a lot of the shows, uh, but in snippets, maybe in snippets. Like I'll watch it now if it comes on, or if I see it in kind of like in that nostalgic, oh, that's so cool kind of way. But I don't, I don't know if I could sit down and watch the episodes anymore because of maybe they're just so dated. But they're they obviously have become classics. Um, I just I just remember weird stuff though. Like I remember. Vic Tayback from Mel's Diner being one of the gangsters from the Gangster Planet episode of the original series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's there you go for you. And the TV one where what's the one with the the little? Uh, I, uh, this is why we don't talk about Star Trek. The one with the little um, <laughs> the fur balls. Ron Howard's little brother. No, the fur balls that keep growing. No, the I dribbles? don't remember that one. Oh, the tribbles. tribbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. No, but the that other was one. Funny. That was the other one. Like Ron Howard's little brother was that kid who yeah. could talk with an adult's voice. Oh. That was just creepy. Charlie. 
What Charlie? Yeah, sure. Is that what his name? I think so. I don't know. <laughs> they, they redid it on the Saturday Night Live again. Why have you guys never done a Star Trek episode? <laughs> Was that the one where they put people in the cornfield? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think uh, we've answered that question now. Uh, as far as why you have time. <laughs> Do any. Uh, characters stand out? Are there any characters that you really liked on the original series? And, and let's go ahead and expand Kirk, that to the obviously. movies. Kirk, Kirk's the man, right? Like, Well, Kirk, Spock, and uh, McCoy, well, Scotty, they're all well, pretty, pretty good. Well, pretty much the entire crew. They're all pretty I good. I like them. I li- you, you gotta love the, the originals. Like, Kirk was such an over-actor, but he was awesome about it. Uh, you can't not like the original crew. Like, they're they're fantastic, and they're better than some of the later crews that came on uh, Next Generation side because that crew is awesome. Nobody beats uh, Picard. Not that I want to talk about that because that that's a whole discussion. You know, but I, I, I guess what we're saying, though, is probably our experience with the original crew is probably more movie-based. I mean, I remember them and going back in time and trying to kidnap some fucking whales. You know what I mean? Like, and a, and a Klingon bird of prey. I remember... You know, Spock and waking up in that uh, pod uh, and a bunch of like uh, <laughs> really ma- bangers, bangers and shit like that, right? Yeah. But it was like, and I remember, I remember Ricardo Montalban, but it's like, you know, that's, it's definitely the early stuff. We're definitely not down on the early stuff. I mean, my, my memories even, you know, start later on, that's for sure. The original crew, to me, I remember the TV show, but I, I don't have a lot of memories specifically from it, but the, the crew itself is, I think, is considered the, I mean, I, I, Andrew's saying he thinks TNG's the best. I think the original is probably the best. Uh, oh, really? Oh, no, see, it's no. based on your own experience. This is what the, this is where my James Bond argument comes in. A lot of people like the James Bond from their own generation. The problem is we had Roger Moore. The <laughs> the the Star Trek from the generation that you started watching it or that you related to the most for most of us should be the next generation and then stuff further on. And I think that's why we have. A, a love for the next generation and because we can relate to it. But what uh, is the rule behind Star Trek, like the rule of thumb apparently behind Star Trek movies? Is that is it every other one is better and the, the one in between always stinks? Well, that's been sort of the the joke is that the even ones are good and the odd ones aren't. But, I, I mean, I don't really agree with that. I think three is pretty good. And um, What was three called again? The Search for Spock. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because because see again, that's why number two was good, right? Is that the one at the end of Wrath of Khan where freaking he's uh, Spock is in that freaking whatever generator or something, and he just dies there? Yeah, right. Kirk is like putting his the... fingers on the glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yep. was odd. That that was great. That, see, that's first one I remember is like first Star Trek, fucking boring. You know what I mean? Feature, bald girl, boring uniforms, right? And then the second one is like you know. Friggin' uh, whatever, friggin' a check off and the thing in the ear and friggin' Ricardo Montalban <laughs> and then Spock dying at the end, right? Yeah. But that's yep. what everybody remembers of Rafa Khan. That was so awesome. It was so creepy. He's like, ah, and he's like screaming and shit. And then uh, fourth one was what? Sur- or a third one was Search for Spock. Then the fourth one was what? Or something. The Voyage Home with the, uh, Voyage yeah, Home. the Go Back in Time. And that was neat from a kind of like a TV movie kind of perspective where like the future and the past and they're like kind of figuring stuff out, you know? Is that, like, is, Scotty and-, and isn't that the one where they, they start out on the frozen planet? Like, was it? Kirk and, and uh, McCoy are like in jail or something? No, that's, that's in six. Yeah, yeah, that's one. Oh, that's- um, way off. <laughs> <laughs> but Voyage Home was cool. Don't you remember the, like the scenes kind of like, you know, like uh, Scotty trying to, you know, fix things like, I'll do this computer. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know, what are you doing? Talk to the computer like that. Right. Things like that. He's talking to an old Mac classic. Yeah. But that was considered a well done movie as well. I remember enjoying that movie. 
Yep. And then five, well, just to finish out five was the final frontier. It's the one that Shatner directed, uh, where they find, uh, Spock's half brother and they go off to find God. Have That's why that? they stopped having him do stuff. Is, oh, right. Was that, that was horrible. Was that the one where Uhura distracted some villains by dancing seductively yes. in front of a fire? Yes. Yeah, I remember. I remember watching. I'm going like, "Come on!" I mean, really. Come there's on. some there's come some on. nice moments in it because of the characters and the actors, but overall, it's a really lousy movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then six was the undiscovered country. It's the last one of the classic crew or the entire classic crew. Yeah. And uh, it's the uh, Klingon peace treaty. They're trying to it's, they're trying to uh, do that. Um, oh, was that there was like a murder mystery almost? Yeah, there was a bit of a murder mystery going on. Yeah, with right. Christopher Plummer was like one of the Klingons. Yes. that was a good one for my remember. Yeah, that's a pretty good movie. It's, uh, I mean, great, the zero really gravity movie, blood yeah. spillage and stuff like that. I remember yeah, that being yeah. pretty cool. All right. Well, let's um. Let's go ahead and move on to next generation. Where, where <laughs> Yay! Got some uh, some more. Love Never seen it. <laughs> Remember that computer guy? He had a face. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we we we've, and I didn't even bring up the animated series. I. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing I remember I know about the animated series is like that uh, friggin' audio clip of of Shatner friggin' flipping out when they ask him to say sabotage, and he says sabotage. Sabotage. Right? Yeah. Sabot. I don't say sabotage. I say sabotage. Anyway. All right, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Edit <laughs> uh, <laughs> <know> that part out. <laughs> uh, Mr. Downs, what what are your thoughts on Star Trek: The Next Generation as a whole? As a whole, well, you know. Sitting here thinking about it, as I said, I thought you know, I might have said that the earlier crew was the best. I think TNG is probably the best execution of Star Trek, the idea ever. Uh, you know, I think that it's the, it, the TV shows, uh, specifically the TV shows. I think are, are, were probably some of the best Star Trek TV ever, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Oh, okay, so you like you like the Next Generation television better than the original cast television well i mean and not, and not i mean and everything else after right because it really fired on all cylinders very well they had a great crew they had a great mission um at the holodeck they had fucking you know uh jordy they had data and everything was great they, they had, had, they had, they had for money fuck's sakes i mean yeah it was it was great it's actually it's probably you know it's got to be one in the top three science fiction tv shows ever i would think I think it, I I agree because this is the same thing. They had money. They they threw it was it started out maybe a little bit slow, and once Tasha Yar was gone, things really picked up. No, I was, they, uh, I was just thinking. I was like fucking Q, and I'm like, I remember when they killed Tasha Yar? That was a big fucking deal. It was a big deal, and they, this is the thing. And they, they had they they we can relate to this one. They had a lot of money. They had pretty good production values, and. And good stories, and, and I thought pretty decent characters. Like I, I'm, and not to jump all over what you're saying, CT. I know you asked Downs, but I'm throwing my two cents in. This was a great show, and I was addicted to the show. I can remember going to a buddy's house, and we every day, four thirty on Fox or whatever it was, Next Generation. Let's sit down and watch it. It didn't matter that was in reruns or whatever it was. Had to watch it every day. Yeah, um, but it had, but it had such a good range of like. Multiple quintessential characters, like, like the of the standard cast. You know what I mean? Like, how many did friggin' the original series had that spot? Well, I guess they had a, a bit, but they I don't know. Great char- I, they had great characters that became great over time because the fact that they're it's a classic show and everything. And I think they they did have a very good 
cast. I'm not I'm not putting that down well, at all. But well, right, and, and the entire cast got to shine. Where in the original series, it really was just about Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. Occasionally, Scotty, but the other the other cast members didn't really get to do anything other than really be there. Where yeah, in it, Next Generation, you know, like Jordy got his own episode every every so often, and even, Troy got her own episode every so often. Yeah, even Will Wheaton had his own episodes. Like, the, and that's the thing. I think people from the original series like Sulu and Chekhov and things like that because of the fact that there are these no-name people who were almost wearing red shirts that are sitting there, you know, not doing very much, and people kind of like that, and they just because of the small bit of character. But Next Generation was on longer. They had more time to expand and show us more of the villains, which had some of the best villains, and had uh, a great large cast. I, I've often made the analogy to people like, you know, that I've talked to, friends of mine, the next generation is kind of like sci-fi pizza. That, like, all pizza is good. Like, even bad pizza is still pizza. And that, that's kind of how I feel about next generation. Like, all next generation, I, I could, I mean, there's probably a couple I, I could never, I could go without ever watching again. But, but almost all episodes of next generation are still enjoyable on some level. <laughs> yeah, if it shows up at your door, you're going to eat it, or in this case, watch it. Exactly. <laughs> It could be, uh, say, a nerd lunch, you might say. Mm, cough, could, cough. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Subtle plug. Nerd lunch like that. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, but it, it's true. It's like it's almost – I mean, I mean, whenever it's at the point that – and maybe why we have never really just talked about it a lot is that, you know, it's almost de facto, you know, it's it's Star Trek, you know, TNG for fuck's sakes. It's the foundation of everything that came, you know, after it. Not only of Star Trek, but of science fiction, period. You know what I mean? Who's your favorite character? Uh, that's my question to ask. Who's your favorite character? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you asking? Me? <laughs> sure, Downs. <clears throat> favorite character? Oh, man. If you don't, don't answer, know. I'm saying it's Wesley. All right, your no, favorite Wesley. character is Wesley. And... No, probably Q, I guess. Really? Oh, he's yeah, great. I love Q. He is it for a, for a co-star type of person. That's a great, it's a great character on there. I, 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 really, I wouldn't pick him because it's. I was thinking main character, but totally right downs. So it's a good well. I mean, it's too hard to. pick. I mean, you know, like Worf is pretty fucking cool, and I like Riker too. I mean, it's hard to pick between those guys. Wow, so you're picking characters I would never have picked. And then I love Data, so I mean, but fuck. Okay, well there you go. See, that's what, uh, a second to uh, Picard. I would say Data is my favorite, See, ca- second favorite there, character. And there, you just nailed it there for me, Christian. Everybody's second to Picard in that show. He. I think uh, to me, Picard is awesome. Picard, Picard is, is badass. He's just so awesome. good. Why? But I, I mean, I don't know. It, yeah, it, now when I, when I watch it back, it's kind of like you know what I mean. It's just so no. I mean, it, 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 it feels like what's his name? Trumpet. What what's the red haired guy? Uh, <laughs> from, uh, Archie Archie oh, CSI Miami. Oh, oh no, he's not. Uh, yeah, I know. David Caruso. Caruso? I was going to say that was his name. I didn't think it was David Caruso. It just feels now, looking back on Picard, it just seems a little over the top. The performances was all I'm saying. Fuck you! You compare David Caruso's character on that freaking <laughs> yeah, shit show terrible. to fucking John Luke Picard. Could you picture you- Picard wearing like Geordi's glasses and swinging them off every time he talks? <laughs> and he puts them back on. That's right. Let's go to the neutral zone. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Picard is so badass because, first of all, he's not freaking super-duper lovey-dovey. The guy is all fucking business, and he takes care of business while having to freaking resort to fisticuffs unless he absolutely has to. And then he'll kick your ass. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, Picard well, is Picard is a fantastic character and and played very well by Patrick Stewart. I think the the whole point to these shows is if you have a strong captain, you'll have a pretty decent show. And pardon me, like CT was saying, you know, it's like pizza where, you know, the better the toppings, the better the pizza type of thing. And Picard is your fucking pepperoni. That's the good shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he he's awesome. Like he made bald guys awesome. <laughs> well, piggy, piggybacking on that, like you just mentioned Patrick Stewart, I think, is is who well, he, he nailed that character. And and I rewatched the show, I don't know, a couple of years ago. And there are some really horrible lines of dialogue that they give him. And he delivers them with such, you know, that Shakespearean way that, that yeah. so eloquently that you buy into whatever he's saying. <laughs> yeah. And they create such a, a, an interesting backstory to him as well. Like, you know, like that one episode where, like, they show him going back home and they're like, what the fuck? Jean-Luc Picard grow up in a goddamn vineyard for crying yeah, out loud? Yeah, yeah. You know? And then you hear more story about his past with Wesley's father, how he's kind of like a, a, a you know, a, a Starfleet freaking badass and all that kind of stuff, too. It's just neat. They should have done an episode, you know, when they... They make him young again, but have put like big long shock of black hair on actually on Patrick Stewart. A big giant, big giant Elvis pompadour, yeah. you know, <laughs> rocking on a guitar, space toothpick in his mouth. <laughs> space toothpick. So, so Picard, we like Data came up, Rikers come up. Uh, who, yeah. who else do we like on the show? Everybody? No, I want to talk about Data though, because Data is his episodes are generally one of my favorites. Yeah, I'll, like. I love the the one episode where basically I guess it's like uh his creator Alfred Soon or whatever is calling Nunian, him back to Noonien Soon. Noonien Soon. Yeah. And basically all of a sudden uh like you know Data all of a sudden turns into this friggin' auto you know, automaton badass and essentially takes over the entire enterprise, right? To just get back mm-hmm. and uh see the see his dad. So to speak. That's the yeah, that's the one cool thing about Data. He could destroy everybody on that ship if you want to, except probably Picard. Picard would find a way to get him. But <laughs> He, no, I'm, Data kicks ass, man. Yeah, I mean, it was, what was so cool about him was that once they created him, they had so much they could do with him. You know what I mean? Like in terms of the character, you could do uh, – he was indestructible, strong as whatever. You know what I mean? And yet they'd still figure some way to fuck things up so that even Data would have trouble figuring it out. It was – I mean, it was yeah. very well crafted. Yeah, but like Riker basically summed up his character perfectly in that first episode, right, when they're in the holodeck, and he calls him Pinocchio. Right, he just wants yeah. to be a real live boy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. essentially what it is. Like the most, what, what was the most recent episode I saw? Actually, not too long ago, it was uh, the one where he gets uh, uh, captured by that frigging collector guy, and uh, he wants him to basically be part of his whole entire collection, sit there on the chair. I remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, with and the frigging Canadian uh, actor uh, Sal Rubinick. Oh, that was a good episode too. That was very good. And at the end, at the end, where he transports him, and you don't know whether if he pulled the trigger or not to kill the guy, and you don't know if he lies because he kind of lies at the end or maybe. Yeah, it's so it's so it's like it's like make your own decisions. Like no, fuck you. I don't want to make my own decision. Tell me what they have <laughs> murdered that guy. You know, assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Diana Troy obviously was something good to look at. I, mean, I wonder was there, just the actress. Yeah. Pretty there was nice. always that rumor that she did porn before she did Star Trek, which I think was fake. Does anyone know the truth of that? Was it pornography or she appeared somewhere naked? Yeah, movie? she's topless. I've seen her topless. She's also in, um, funny enough, the movie Green Street Hooligans, the sequel to that, Green Street Hooligans 2, uh, which is about soccer hooligans over in yes. the UK. Uh, she plays a uh, very badass uh, prison guard. Very, very badass. And she does quite well at it, actually. Mm. I noticed that she was in the movie... 
Crash. Recently, I watched that movie, and he and she is, uh, she is like the, um, uh, you know, the, sh- the store owner who was, uh, who his shop was trashed, and then that guy winds up going. Oh, she's his wife in that movie. Oh, oh, okay. I know what you're talking. Yeah, because when you say Crash, I saw, I've seen both of them. There's a a David Cronenberg version, oh. which is a much much no, different yeah. version. Not that one. <laughs> no, I saw that one in the theater. Uh, never mind. But anyway, so what's the well, other one then? What the the original the crash by David Cronenberg? No, what's the other? That's no. basic. What the one that won the Oscar? Yeah, yeah that the is the Oscar. I don't know. I, I'm, I know the David. Cronenberg. That was the one where basically everything's everyone's stories are all fucked up, but it all gets better in the end. I don't know anything about that movie. All because of a crash. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, there are right. some crashes in it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, kind of going. Uh, Go back to what Downs was saying. He mentioned Q was his favorite. Um, I do love Q quite a bit. He's one of my favorite characters. Um, I, he's not really the um, – he's not necessarily a villain, but he is sort of kind of lumped into that. But yeah. what are some other villains that you like? Okay, okay. But, sorry, CT, to interrupt. Before we go on from Q, can we not talk about the fact that he was never really ever in a movie? I mean is that not one of the biggest travesties in Star Trek ever? I agree. That, I think. That he should have been in a movie. Uh, was the he main villain in the movie? But didn't he? Did he? His character appear in a movie? No. Oh. Oh. No, because the, well, the yes. way that series ends, he um, the the last episode of Next Generation, Q sort of putting Picard through another test, and there's this this uh, hint that you know, well, I'll see you out there. The test about humanity isn't over, and then it almost sets up for someday he will show up in a movie to. Final, you know, have this storyline finally, finally wrapped up, but you never see Q again except in Voyager, where he shows up and his his character is ruined there. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, here I have a question of a character that I have never been too clear on his <laughs> origin, so to speak, and that was um, Worf. Like I remember watching the episode of the Next Generation when, hey, Worf's parents are here, and all of a sudden, friggin', uh, you know, sick, you know. Uh, Russian immigrants from the 1940s come on the ship and say, hello, son, how are you? Like he was, what was he? He was raised by humans at yes. first and then. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Pretty much got it. There's your on that. Nice work. <laughs> no, no, but the other story is that his Klingon father was dis- was disgraced or something, right? Because Worf yeah. has to fight to regain the honor of his uh, name. That's correct. There was See, a we, uh, massacre. You know Star Trek shit right here, motherfucker. Yeah, but how was yeah. How was he pick, How did he come into the care of freaking his parents? Those Russian stereotypes. There was a uh, massacre where he was the only survivor at a Klingon uh, colony of of some kind. Oh, is that the Kitimat massacre? The Kitimer massacre, and yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah, of course we know. Yes, and he's there, and they. Um, uh, I can't remember the specifics of it, but but. Uh, his Russian human father is on the ship that finds him. They take him in, and uh, there is yeah, there is later on. This uh, conspiracy that maybe uh, Worf's father, his, his Klingon father, had betrayed the Klingons and had sold them out to the Romulans who had attacked Kittimer. And he has to uh, work that out. Oh, yeah. And speaking of villains, how about those friggin' sisters that all they do is show cleavage and be evil? All the time? Mm, awesome evil. fucking villains. Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking Klingons are awesome no matter what. I mean, I mentioned on our spaceship uh, show, you know, my fucking ship is the Klingon Bird of Prey. I love that some bitch. I think the Klingons are great fucking villains. Uh, uh, aliens, period, and villains, uh, second. I mean, I, I thought that, or whatever, also. I think they were great foils. Uh, they really, the whole militant aspect of them. I thought they were really executed very well. 
Yes. Well, yeah, the more the more primal kind of like aspect of their freaking. Yeah, I mean, they're just they were everything about them seemed well thought out. You know what I mean? Like you never thought. Klingons didn't seem real, ever. You know what I mean? yeah. Well, well, well thought out in the next generation. It's funny because I remember that, not to jump ahead a bit, but like that episode of DS9 where they kind of compared the original Klingons from the original series to the Klingons now. Well, yeah, because in the end they had two sizes of Klingons, right? There's like a whole battle about big Klingons and small Klingons, isn't there? Or is that the Predators I'm thinking of? <laughs> there must be the Predators. <laughs> 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 Freaking Star Trek fans pulling out their hair right now. What am I doing? That would be funny. Listening to this. Quote by Ashi Maru. Okay? I know some Star Trek stuff. It would have. Very good, very good. Like, really big Klingons and then the little gay ones. What's it? That look the like, they look exactly Maru. like Romulans, but have a Do you know what the Kobayashi Maru? I know what the Kobayashi Do you know what it is? Is that what was underneath the coffee cup at the end of The Usual Suspect? That was, that's, he was. I am not Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> <laughs> it's the test that you have to take when you're uh, graduating from Starfleet Academy, which has, like, no ending, right? Like It's, yeah, it's you know, a no-win scenario. Can't, or you can't win. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. And then chat. Yeah, yeah. Freaking Kirk nothing. wins because he cheated, he said. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, there you go. Thanks, so, for, That's the All right. Let's get to Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, Boba Fett. <laughs> and the X-Wing fighters, yes. <laughs> Hey, you hear they're coming out in 3D? <laughs> bad tangent, bad tangent, bad tangent. Anyway. Uh, well, Christian, since you're being a smart aleck, what about uh, yes. your favorite villain from Next Generation? My favorite villain from Next Generation? Google uh, quick, you know, Google quick. No, I'm not going to Google quick because, no, you know, really no villain sticks out to me. I, I just remember more along the lines of certain stories that stuck in my head. Like, uh, for example, that one uh, where Picard basically it gets get his uh, pardon me his mind gets attached by some satellite and he lives an entire lifetime, mm-hmm. you know, within the, within this within this. I'm not explaining this well at all. The, the, the Enterprise gets attacked. Freaking Picard gets knocked out and essentially lives an entire another lifetime in this episode and wakes up and it's only been like friggin' five seconds. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? You, you described do, it yes. right the first time, too. Good episode. <laughs> and then I also remember the one where Will Wheaton's on that friggin' planet with, uh, uh, with these, he's playing uh, reindeer games and all those friggin' good-looking people and then he friggin' jumps it, he bumps into a shrub and then they're going to kill him. Did you really just compare, like... <laughs> The, one of the best Next Generation episodes to one of the worst ones right in a row? <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm just, I didn't say there were, I wasn't ranking them, CG. Okay, I, was okay. re- I was just remembering the ones. I mean, I'm not going to start getting into his. actually still on your first question, CT, answering <laughs> what you remember. And then, of course, I remember the one where basically, again, these are Picard episodes. Picard gets be- is being interrogated, you know, I only see three lines. Oh, oh. I was waiting for you to shut the fuck up oh. so I could say that one. Um, that is great. <laughs> well, you had your chance for crying out loud. That's a great episode. Was... It's the Kardashians, right? The ones they're, they're mm-hmm. trying to... Oh, somebody, Kard- whatever. It's Kim Kardashian so in that one. <laughs> <laughs> who, who are, that's what they're called, isn't it? Kardashian? Um, yes, the yeah, Kardashians. How many lights do you yeah. see? How many breasts do you see? <laughs> who, who are like, there are two lights. You know what I mean? When he sees three, that was oh, a fucking again, tense episode. Picard. Picard. Awesome. Yeah, it was four true. lights. He was, it, was, it was four lights. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Whatever the hell it is. Anyway, good. That's Great good. fucking storytelling. <laughs> um, I like the Borg CT, just to answer your question. Oh, I, shit. I wasn't going to ask you, Andrew. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I'll just go back to my corner. <laughs> well, you Look up some geek news for next week. 
<laughs> how are you? Yeah, it'll take you that fucking long. How, how, how are Who's your favorite villain, CT? Um, probably of Next Generation. I, I really like the Romulans, but I also like the Borg quite a bit as well. Borg are awesome. I mean, They're they inspired. were... Like you, it goes without saying. And I mean, well, the whole story again, not to get back to Picard, but the whole fucking Lacutus shit. That was that's that like that's movie quality shit that was in a regular fucking week to week TV science fiction series. Again, to get back to how good this show is. Yeah, that two parter was was amazingly well done. Definitely, I, I would agree. Movie quality. I remember that probably being the first cliffhanger ending I'd ever encountered in my life of a, <laughs> uh, a, a season finale. So, so at the like, very end, what? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, how how am I going to wait four months to have the wrap <laughs> to this? I, you know, and I'm like, yeah. uh, what? I'm probably what in uh, eighth grade or something at the time. So it's just like that's my life. And yeah, what, uh, I yeah, what to... happens if I get struck by lightning or hit by a bus? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's definitely um, two of the two of the greatest episodes. And then the the one you mentioned earlier, Christian, when Picard goes back to his his uh, home in France. That's the immediate follow up to that. Those three episodes are are. Sort of the epitome of next generation, in my in my opinion. Yeah, when well, he's wrestling in the dirt with his brother. I don't know why I remember that particularly. It was funny. Anyway. And, I mean, we haven't even, I mean, touched the whole holodeck episodes. I mean, you know, that whole fucking aspect of, of uh, TNG is amazing. And they used it so many different times so many so well. I love the fucking holodeck. What they did with well, I mean, what they do with the holodeck was they were able to – because there's so many episodes in the classic series where they go to the gangster planet and they go to the Nazi planet and they go to the – like whatever. And it was just so, – some of those things were such far-fetched. <laughs> Wait, was there a Nazi planet? <laughs> there, was a, there was a Nazi planet, yeah. There were there, all these oh, different like – and part of that was because they could use sets of existing movies. So they go to the you know the Western planet or whatever um, just to save on costs and they get away from those – that hokiness in Next Generation by – putting them on the holodeck wait there was a there was a western planet too there was like yeah, an old I, uh, I gotta go back I, and watch I, these old episodes i, I, I remember I the something. western episode from the original uh, series for sure because yeah. the idea of nazi cowboys is makes it very intriguing they're not <laughs> not it's not one planet that's nazis <laughs> and cowboys i know planets. i'm just teasing <laughs> brent, brent spiner was not a big fan of the nazi uh the, the nazi planet the but still nazi cowboys there's an idea right there Trademark. So, Tommy someone be c- come back and be throwing <laughs> racial slurs everywhere. Did you spend too much time in the holodeck at the Nazi planet? I'm sorry. <laughs> but the, right. what's the one holodeck episode I remember? I remember the one uh, where I guess what friggin' Sherlock Holmes one with Data and Geordi. Those are okay. Oh, the, but the fact that friggin' uh, what's his name Moriarty actually escapes the confines of the, the holodeck that was kind of neat. That was always <laughs> happening. Actually, in fact, I don't know about this fucking technology, but that's, that's the holodeck technology seems. <laughs> Prone to fucking disaster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Riker fell in love with a jazz singer in freaking New Orleans for crying out loud. Yeah. The gangster. Christian, let the boy uh, host the podcast. I've, I've, heard it, I've heard it likened to what if your VCR attacked you every week? <laughs> every episode, every show you're watching. Let's watch the Hulk. No, let's not watch the Hulk. Let's well, watch no, something like- nice. The holodeck episodes are like, you know, we have this piece of technology that we send our kids into and, and it attacks us on, on a regular basis. It, it malfunctions and puts us in peril. It's like, it's like, what if our VCR came to life and attacked us? We have it in our home. The characters of the movie that you were watching. That would be- <laughs> yeah, like once in a week your TV punched you in the face. You know, it's like, why do I have this TV? But it's so good. <laughs> that 99% of the time, it's pretty good. Yeah. But that punch in the peril. face, it really hurts. <laughs> 
All right, well, we've alluded to the uh, next generation movies already, um, but what do you think? What do you guys think about those uh, really crappy movies? What? What? <laughs> you don't think? What was it? First Contact? That? Well, I, I'll tell uh, you the one. I was speaking. Sorry, go ahead. No, we were talking about the Borg in the episode and everything, and then we had, I believe it was First Contact. Is that correct? That had uh, the, the Borg, Borg yes. episode. Yep. That was a good movie. I loved that movie. It's the best of the th- of the four, yeah. Yeah, that was a great movie. Yeah, the rest of them, whatever. Those Gen- were done. Generations. When that is... came out, yeah, but when that movie came out, I thought this is going to be that they might make good movies with this series, and then they just fell flat. Yeah. So, Downs, yeah. you got something? Yeah, I was saying. I mean, Generation is Generations is is bad. I watched it again just the other day, actually, and uh, I love uh, was it Malcolm McDowell? You know what I mean? But I mean, even he can't really save this fucking movie that. Makes no sense of why these guys are coming to this thing and Kirk is, that, is there and is that the one where Kirk dies? Yes. Yeah. Okay. What, horrible, most horrible death ever of a quintessential character. Wasn't how did how did a freaking Kirk die? He fell off a bridge and that was it, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Right where? Right oh, there. a bridge. Ah, I'm dead. You know. Yeah. And I'm gonna ride a horse or something anyway. It's horrible. But yeah, I, I, I gotta agree. I think First Contact was pretty damn good. I mean, I, I didn't know how they could make the Borg better, but to ultimately have, okay, some sort of queen. And, uh, when she captures Data and is like almost seducing him with the flesh and blowing on it, that was awesome. Uh, yeah, hot. as I was just gonna say that, shut the fuck up. That was awesome. Edit that out <laughs> for him. Uh, that was fucking awesome. I mean, that was, that was data on a level that you can only do in movies, maybe. You know what I mean? And it, um, also the other thing I did like, I just want to say about the, the attempts at the films, and I think even Jonathan Frakes directed one of these, there was this darker tone to the movies. And actually, I'll tell you what, what's the one with that fucking Sephard McCochran dude? That's oh, the one where you go. Is that all oh, that? That is that first contact. Cause I, I, yeah, I like that whole stuff too with the, that, which we'll get into if we talk about Enterprise, but, I like the idea that now that they were start to visit their own timeline. But that was bad, though. The stuff where they went back in time with Zephram Cochran was pretty lame. You know, freaking Deanna Troy getting drunk and all that kind of crap. I thought that was stupid. No, that seemed to me uh, quintessential Star Trek stuff. Like, uh, No, I mean, they're referring to a key point in the history of Starfleet, but the actual, like, you know, expansion of said storyline and character was kind of like, you know, what's his face from freaking Babe and the uh, Babe and the Pig in the City? Um, it was just Freaking needless, is it? You mean um, Archie? Cro- not no, someone Cromwell, James Cromwell. Yes, James, James Cromwell. Wow! Holy shit! I have just pulled two names out of my ass. In the you last pulled a name out of the- holy god! It's just write this down. Frick, what date is it? <laughs> His ass must uh, be wide open. He, he yeah, does I, better when I host. That's you know, Jordy LaForge. Come on, stop drinking and go and shoot a rocket into space. Because we what, what were they going to do it for the? But for the sake of the story, I thought it was pretty freaking uh, okay, and I like yeah. the fact that. It made sense that they were back at it of all times yeah. in history to go back to. It was a great time in history to go back yeah. to. And again, not to talk too much about Enterprise, but I liked about that later was that they followed that and it was all about humans' first foray into space. I like that yeah. time, and I I like that if you're going to go back in time in Star Trek, you must go back to a time when that's right, kind of happening. I, I, that's I don't know. It was I, cool to me. I personally didn't like. It. I thought it was a bad episode of Quantum Leap. If you ask me, well, you're fucking wrong. No, <laughs> All right. Well, has, have either of you seen the uh, the Insurrection or Nemesis, the last two Next Generation movies? Yes. Uh, which, which, is the, one, which, which is the one with the one with the guys' the st- st- uh, skin stretched over their face? Is that Insurrection? That's, that's Insurrection. 
Yeah. yeah well, uh, I remember parts of that movie. I don't really I kind I remember more about the freaking original cast. I don't know why than the next generation. And what, what's the last one about again? Nemesis, it's where uh it's where the Romulans have they apparently a long time ago had set up this program where they had cloned Picard and <laughs> this clone has risen through the ranks and has taken over the sister planet of the Romulans and he has formed this army or something and uh, they attract Picard and crew to come because the clone's going to die if he doesn't get a transfusion or something like that. Yeah, I, was, I almost didn't think I even understood this until you got to the fact that the clone needs a transfusion. It's like you don't really know it's, it's his clone, do you, until the end? Is that true? See, you know pretty early. Yeah, you know pretty early on that yeah. he's like this. Yeah, yeah maybe, I barely remember. Maybe, maybe, maybe I've only seen parts of it because that seems very uh, unfamiliar to me. It's Patrick Stewart with a mustache. <laughs> That's right. It's actually uh, Tom Hardy, who yeah. is in Inception, is going to be Bane in uh, the new Batman movie. That's who plays wow. Tom Picard. Way to bring it to the present, TT. What was the um, what was the stretchy face uh, Star Trek movie? But I don't remember what that one was about. Like they wanted to get younger. There's some kind of fountain of youth or something somewhere. Yeah, there's a planet where people who live there stay eternally young, and um, oh, yeah, yeah, Data was on. They're making friends with everybody, and, and then the, the card yeah. falls in love with the chick, right, and it starts banging. Yeah, her. big problem too in the end. Yeah, but she's like 800 years old. Yeah, yeah, but he, she's got all the moves. Because he gets asteroids. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny, you know, when you look back at it. How, and I, I guess you know, trekking nerds have talked about this a lot, but you know. TNG, the series was so great on TV, but in film, it really freaking shit the bed. Yeah, that's what that was the question I was going to ask CT. CT, if you could turn back time and make changes, would you wish that the next generation never ever made any movies? Yeah, I think so. I think I would rather they had not made those four movies and had longed for something, had wished they would have made something, than to have had those four movies. Yeah, but if you ask that CT from back yeah, then exactly. uh, I didn't get it he'd be like fucking they should have done it you know it'd be the exact opposite they should have even done, if they were shit it'd be worth seeing them they should know? yeah they should have <laughs> done first contact and kind of stop from yeah. there or C- done something good ct in his bed with his tie-dye t-shirt and his freaking <laughs> rasta hat on <laughs> i missed a star trek man well men are gonna make a next generation movie now <laughs> show you what i like to do today. <laughs> Was it was his reggae accent. phase. <laughs> I don't know. You could do such a good Jamaican accent, Krishna. It's pretty good. I'm half Jamaican. Don't you remember? I did not know that about your mother. <laughs> or half. Well, uh, I did want to mention that uh, DJ's mentioned those red letter media reviews, and I think you guys did them as a gunpoint review at some point or one of those Star Wars yeah. Um, yeah. prequel. Yeah. Uh, that guy, before he did the Star Wars prequel reviews, he did one of those for every Next Generation movie, and they are well worth checking out. Hmm. Oh, and he basically, much like the Star Wars ones, he essentially he nails them to the wall, he, so to he speak. He tears them apart. He tears them apart. Appropriately, though. Like, I can't express that enough that in the Star Wars ones, it's not like he's just he's grasping at straws. He's actually making clear, concise, educated points about why it's so bad. Correct. And, you know, and I guess going back to your question, Christian, if, if nothing else, the Next Generation movies have given us those reviews. Like that – those reviews are almost worth those bad movies having been made. Oh, I should check those out. I've never checked them out. There you go. They're good. All right. Well, moving on to the spinoff series, um, I don't want to spend too much time on Deep Space Nine because as a little preview, there is a uh, another 
tag special coming out soon where Dijo and I got together and we spent most of our time talking about Deep Space Nine. But I did want to give you guys the opportunity to uh, voice your thoughts on the best Star Trek series that was made. You know, I hate to I hate to jump on that there, CP, <laughs> but I don't know if you were aware that the the producers of that show openly admit that they produced uh, Deep Space Nine for women. Because they, women, the audience had showed that they were more prone to enjoy shows that were based in one place instead of a ship flying all over the place. So they actually put that out originally as a Star Trek for chicks. Now, part of my, my muddled beer drinking mind, but so wait, you prefer Deep Space Nine over Next Generation CT? I love Next Generation, don't get me wrong, but I do feel like Deep Space Nine, in the end, is the better of the two shows. Wow, your Sophie's Choice would be <sighs> Deep Space Nine, then? Wow. Yes. No fucking way. Uh, I I never caught into that show much at all. I mean, every I, I always watched episodes here and there, and I, I, there was an underlying storyline that I couldn't... I uh, wasn't keeping track of a connect to, and I never got into the series. I, this is the one, okay, so, I mean, there is, so, uh, it's funny because, is that the one that DJ likes too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's okay, why we talk about it. Because I always thought Deep, I always feel a Deep Shit Nine, I thought Voyager was the one that everyone liked, but, so Deep, Deep, Deep Space Nine, that's the one with, um, Neelix and all the, no, 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 no. that's not one, okay, no, what's, this what's, is the one with, Gold Press Platinum. One everything's, Who, who's the Quark guy who's always wanting Gold Press Platinum? Quark. Quark the Fringy. Yeah, is that Frankie? Yeah, is that from that show? That's from D Space Nine. Yeah, D Space Nine. Yeah, and then and, and, and then, then is sorry, Christian. Just let me finish. Sorry, I'm interrupting. Is why I apologize. I know all fucking night. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. I just have something to say. <laughs> is that the one where they ultimately have a big Klingon or war in the end, and it gets really crazy? Is that that one? Yes, yes. There's a Klingon Cardassian war in, in the middle of the series, and then there's eventually a war with the Dominion, where essentially the entire Alpha Quadrant is uh, is in war with the Dominion and the Cardassians. You know, now it's funny because as you say this, I remember Dijo talking about this back in the day, and it's really actually piqued my interest to maybe check this out because I I remember hearing about this war and hearing about it being pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, it's it's you know the series starts kind of slow. The first couple of seasons are a lot of setup, a lot of let's establish the character, let's establish who the Bajorans are. The and then I, I watched all that and I was like, this is boring, and I I flicked it off honestly. But by that's by somewhere in the third season, and definitely by the fourth season when Worf joins the cast, the the show is is solid. Those those last four seasons are phenomenal. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I should have freaking hung hung on to it because I just remember the beginning. There's a bartender who's a bit shifty. There's the captain who's brought his boy on the ship. It's like, hey, welcome to the Everything's a bit dark. There's a shape-shifting cop, for crying out loud. I don't know. This is something, I guess, initially I didn't really think was that great. You yeah, know, yeah. I, it's, it's, I feel the same way, Chris. I, mean, I didn't like that shape-shifting guy. I didn't think he was very yeah. good or useful. I they used him very well at all. Quark, was, I thought, was probably one of the only good characters in the beginning um, that I thought. Wasn't there a chick, a strong chick character as well? Uh, Major Kira was the first officer. Yeah. And she was a Bajoran, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. See, I never liked those Bajorans. I mean, not to be Star Trek racist here for crying out loud, <laughs> but I mean, I just remember the next generation, like, oh, she's Bajoran. I go, what makes her Bajoran? Because she's got those friggin' ridges in her nose. And I guess she got an earrings or something yeah, like that. You're you an anti-Trekite. <laughs> I'm an anti-Bajorite is what <laughs> I am. So, yeah. 
But, uh, yeah, and, and I, I guess basically, and not to be too classic TV here, but every time I saw Odo, I still could not, I, could, I recognize him immediately every time. I could not help but reference him to when he was on friggin' Benson, for crying out oh, loud. God. No one else did except you. Well, sorry, I'm, I didn't mean to share, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, angry. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against what they said, although I was not a huge Deep Space Nine Watcher, uh, I think that was more because of the times and I, I, it came out after Next Generation and by that time I don't think I was watching as much television or at least not as much Star Trek at the time. I did see some episodes. I thought it was, it was good enough. Like it was, it was pretty decent. I don't mean to poo poo on it because I know you really like it, CT. I didn't well, watch fine. it and give it enough of a chance and I think it, it probably would have been okay because I did like some of the characters. I thought the, the, uh, the, what's her head, the Bajoran chick was uh pretty cute too but uh i uh i i thought it would have been pretty good and i liked the premise i just never really sat down and gave it a chance well i recommend it give it a chance i, 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 I mean i'll start i mean i'll, I'll again christian shut the fuck up i mean I'll, 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 <laughs> i have to apologize for talking simultaneous wheelie with you for crying out loud. Oh, yeah now you're apologizing for everything biatch um I, I definitely i'm kind of peaked you know i this is i'm you know i'm looking for something to watch and definitely something science fictiony would be good so and i and since we talked about that i remember dj specifically mentioning that before and i think someone else as well saying how good it really the last few seasons were Do so it. i may have to pick this up actually and and uh, we're back yeah, I mean, you can always. I don't know if you're one of these that has to start at the beginning downs, but yeah, I do. You, might, you might consider. Uh, okay, well, I mean, you might consider starting at four and then maybe trying to like go back and watch one through three, just kind of get a taste of like what it really. Will well, no, no, I'm just saying, like, just to get a taste of what it will become, because, like I said earlier, the first couple seasons are a bit dry. There are some good episodes, but it's it's not. It's not really indicative of what the show eventually yeah. becomes. Yeah, but no offense, that spice CT, shipment? I mean, yeah, I got the spice shipment. I'm glad you got the spice shipment. Let's get a drink. You know, actually, there is a bit of that. There is like, there's a whole, there's one episode. There's a whole subplot of Jake and Nog trying to sell, sell uh, self-stealing stem bolts, and that's what you know. It's like that's the whole gag is this whole thing where they're trying to sell stuff. And I don't know. It's like it's it's kind of entertaining, but not really. I mean, not- I just find it really surprising though for a series that you like so much more over Next Generation, which again is even more surprising to me that you would actually kind of recommend starting this series at. Four for crying out loud. Well, I recommend it for for Downs just because I know I, I've heard him say on the podcast before that he only gives series like three episodes before he's done with it. Right? You've mentioned that before. Yeah, yeah. Yep, but, yep. but to get him his hook, he has to wait till season four. That's a ways away. No, I mean, well, you know. Uh, sorry, it's interesting because excuse me. It sounds like you know we talked about this with Smallville. And I think that, you know, there are these other shows that suffer from this as well, that they start out and maybe it's something that's been around for so long, they end out really great. And as you're saying, CT, somewhere in the middle is when it gets really good. And, yeah. and oh, and, and I meant that I was thinking of Babylon 5 again, because I've talked about this show a couple times where, you know, I think I've sat down to watch the show twice and that first season is freaking shit. And my fear is always, I just, I don't, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I have it in me to start a show two or three seasons in. I just don't know if I can do that. Well, it's, a, yeah. a lot of things are like that, and that's the hard part. You know, when you're trying to sell it to someone where you go, you know, read Lord of the Rings. If you can get past the first book, you just have to struggle through <laughs> it. The second book and the third book really pay off. Right, that's, right. That's a, there's a it's lot a of shows investment. out there that are like that. It's a big investment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean even Buffy at the end of the day, you know, you got to sit through that first shitty season, right, to get, you know, past that master garbage. Yeah. <laughs> 
There's yeah, there's a lot of setup in Buffy, but yeah. yeah. All right, well, uh, moving on to uh, the uh, probably my least favorite uh, Star Trek Voyager. What uh, what do you guys think about that show? I had no problem with Voyager. <laughs> Listen, this is I'm <laughs> Mister. I've got no problem with anything. Well, there's a couple good things. I thought Janeway was a strong female captain character. I I'll hand it oh. to it. Like, well, come on, this was. This, these, she had big man shoes to fill, and she didn't do a terrible job, although came across like a bit of a biatch, but that was just the way it was. I thought she was okay. Some of the cast of characters was a bit meh, but seven of nine. That's all I have to say. She was there. She was awesome. Not a great character, but fun to look at. That's the only Star Trek you can watch on mute, and it gets better. Yeah, I mean, let me, let me jump in before I guess Christian rips this all apart. Ah, oh, shut the f- Um, you know, cause I, I didn't actually mind Deep Space Nine, especially the concept. Um, I, 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 I like- Jesus. I didn't mind the time machine I just got into. <laughs> no, uh, you know, because the whole idea of being lost out there, um, it's right up my alley, you know, cause they don't know what the fuck they're gonna find. And I, I like that idea. Uh, I think they were, pushed way too far though you know what i mean like it would have been nice if there was some it just seemed like it was like they were never ever gonna fucking get home in the beginning and i, I of course this is just like the the previous one deep space nine watched it didn't stick with it on um, this watched it and i also agree with uh bloom i thought jaywin was pretty okay for for a female lead uh, i thought it was going to be pretty difficult to have a female captain when they announced it was going to be a female captain i don't think she did that bad also i think there was a black dude who was like uh you know vulcan tuvok. or something tuvok wasn't so bad, and also there was a was it a half Asian guy, like the chip guy from Chips, was he on Chicote? Chicote, yeah. yeah um, you know, so I, I thought they had, there were some all right freaking dudes. I didn't really like that Neelix fucking dude, but I, I think I may have watched more of Voyager than DS Nine. But I think ultimately in the end, what bothered me was it was like there was no hope in motherfucking hell of these guys getting home. They hadn't thought about wormholes or nothing. It hadn't like, you know, had a space signal. Whereas just in comparatively, you know, in, in Stargate, when people have been sent off, there's always been some sort of link back home, which I think is a much better. And maybe they, they learned that lesson from Voyager that maybe that's something they lost. But uh, I didn't like that. I think they, they felt they were going to catch a space break. No, but no, but no, but no, but there is like, I mean, definitely, I mean, in the Stargate world, you know, because they're gating all around the fucking universe, and sometimes, yeah. you know, the gate goes through a sunspot, and suddenly someone goes back in time. Totally ridiculous, I know, but it happens. Once you set up that time that, that that can happen, you can have people fucking pop around in time, and suddenly, you know, people can, you know, these guys, the new SGU, they're on a ship that goes to the future, or, you know, it goes way far out in the universe, they can never con- they can never get home, but they have some special stone device that you can actually switch bodies with something anywhere in the universe or something. You know, so there's actually a bit of home. There was none of that in Voyager. They were so completely isolated. I think that damaged that show a tiny bit. I think they, well, they eventually did get to that near the end of the series. I think the last couple of years, they started having these long distance communications. You know, as they were getting closer to home, they had some, some interaction with, um, with Starfleet, they'd every so often get a, a signal from them, and there'd be a little bit of that. But um, but I, I agree, and I think the other thing about Voyager was, it, you know, it followed up Next Generation by you know maybe a, a half of a year, and I kept thinking while I was watching it that if this were the Next Generation crew, if this were the Enterprise crew who had been flung across the galaxy, it wouldn't have taken Geordi and Data but five minutes to get back. You know, like <laughs> it was just such a simple a simple problem that they had that 
I think comparatively to who we had been watching for seven years previously, that these guys almost were set up to look like idiots. And I, that was maybe my problem with it. Well, no, I, I think that's pretty right on. Exactly. That's what I was saying. Like, if they could have at least said, you know, in the first, at the end of the first season, oh, we have a plot home. We, we found out where we are. You know what I mean? And, 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 you know what I mean? And now we know how to get there. There was, it didn't seem like there was any of that in the very beginning of that season. It seemed like they were, to your point, very, CT, a bunch of fucking idiots lost in the middle of fucking nowhere. Very <laughs> lost, like, uh, TV moving along with no end in sight. Yeah. And you know how, how I feel about that. Um, let me just uh, say what I what, what I feel about this. And let me interrupt show. you. I'm gonna. Well, no, 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 no. It's my favorite. I love it. First of all, let me preface by interruptions by saying the only reason I'm interrupting everybody is because I'm excited about the friggin' topic. So really, again, I apologize, you friggin' bunch of bastards. <laughs> uh, but my only problem, my, my, my only problem, I actually have many problems with this show. First of all, I can never get over the fact that it, it felt like to me that the Voyager. Uh, was being captained by Catherine Hepburn. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> could not get past it. You now, know what I mean? let's go to that next planet. That's exactly group. who she is. I mean, I don't know what else this actress has done. I mean, she she did a fairly serviceable job, but I, I, every time I watched it, it was like on Golden Pond she, or whatever. She did on Golden Pond the musical, on Golden yes. Pond 2, and uh, Tiny Little Pond. Uh, uh, but there was really, as far as the cast goes, there was no real diversity, I found, as in far as and as far as like in, in, in identifying characters, there's no character that I like. They all seem very milk toast, very bland to me. And the whole Gilligan's Island premise was just kind of like, bah. And again, CT, you refer to this. The very fact that they had to kind of create their own universe and their own aliens and stuff like that without referring to other universes that we are more familiar with was a detriment to the series. Well, when they finally did refer to people, other alien races like the Borg, I felt like they ruined the Borg. Or when they, when they, um, I mean, there are others that they, they had to show up. Um, I think the Rhymelins showed up at some point, the Ferengi showed up at some point, but, but the Borg were just, all the specialness that, that Next Generation had done with the Borg originally was, was ruined in Voyager. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I heard that too, and I, I think to argue against what you're saying, Christian, again, not to, bring up Stargate, but, you know, a couple of these shows have specifically started entire new universes. One of the things I admire about the show the most is that they start all over new in Stargate Atlantis and have a whole new bad villain completely different from the movie and the first version of Stargate. And it's actually quite better than the first, Stargate Atlantis. Well, I mean, obviously then they did something right, yeah. unlike Voyager. Well, and so, so I mean, I think what we're hearing, I mean, it sounds like the creative team here on this show seemed pretty fucking shitty. You know, here we have an opportunity I think to be, uh, I would think when they were pitching this show, the, the idea was we're out in the middle of a whole new galaxy. We can make up new aliens. Awesome. We have all yeah. this, you know, this cast who's, we, we don't even know when we're going to get home. Awesome. You know, and what was the other thing we were saying that they, they shouldn't have bet on? It, it just sounds like that they... Every single cast character on the show well it just sounded like that, that they the creative team really didn't deliver on this as as good as they maybe could have i just the entire cast of that friggin' show was friggin' no character was st boring they're all boring chakotay stern face number one to friggin' what's her head friggin' boring a vulcan hey he's very stoic boring that Riker wannabe i don't even know who the hell he was boring and then there's neelix with that the hot little blonde girlfriend that eventually dies anyway for crying out loud. Boring. Nobody was good in that show. Like, there's nobody who was like, man, I love that character on Voyager. I mean, the entire show stunk, but that one guy was really good. I could not say that about anybody on that show. Did, did you like the doctor, the hologram doctor? Actually, you know what? I would say <laughs> I liked him. 
<laughs> that's I, I take that back. Him, I kind of liked, except when then, and then eventually he kind of came to life. You know what I mean? It's like whatever, piss off. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> channeling a bit of downs there. I just don't like that show. All right, anything else on Voyager? No. All right, let's move on <laughs> to Star Trek Enterprise. You can talk which, uh, strictly to downs on that one. <laughs> yeah, I like Scott Bakula, and I'm done. <laughs> this show was fucking all right. Come on. Well, this is again. This is not. This is not a matter of that it was terrible. I watched the first episode and went, yeah, and then just never, never tuned in again. Like it just was one of those. I know. I, I think the co- the concept of caveman Star Trek was interesting, and never freaking. I never found it interesting. I thought the idea of being the first ever, and that was real exploring, and that intrigued me to no end. I just gotta say. I, I, I liked the idea. I liked the um, let's go and explore the roots of the Federation and Starfleet. Let's show the first time they met Klingons. Let's show these early interactions with Romulans or Andorians. And but I felt like the execution somewhat seems somewhat lacking. It never had the same uh, panache the Next Generation did. It, yeah. it still seemed kind of flat. I liked Scott Bakula. Um, I liked a couple of the characters. Like, um, was it Trip? Was he the engineer guy? He, he seemed to have some personality. That guy was good, and that they, he was like a, he was put in a lot of uh, interesting situations where he got taken over by aliens. You know what I mean? You know, and the problem with this is, I mean, it was no TNG. The thing only had what two fucking seasons? I it mean, had four. It had four seasons. Four, really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, big <Jeez>. fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, it flies by when you're watching it. I just, it, it felt like it never, I mean, it didn't really execute, I think, to your point. It, it was never great, but it felt like it had the potential, I think. You know what I mean? And At least, the, it, it felt like it could be good, I, I thought. And I, and I think it was kind of turning the corner, because I, I, that's probably the one that I have, well, no, I think I've seen uh, quite a bit of it. I, I watched it intermittently. I have not seen all the episodes, but, but I did start watching the last season when they started doing more throwbacks to the original series and they had um they even had an episode where brent spiner was on playing an ancestor of noonian soon oh had, that's neat they had an episode where um uh they did finally i guess explain the whole klingon ridges uh, versus no klingon ridges thing they had an episode where they really tied it into an original series where um they went to the mirror universe and explained where the defiant from the tholian web which was an episode from Classic Trek where it went. Um, so there's a, there's a whole two-parter where they're essentially on the old-style bridge. Um, so wow. there's a lot of that stuff that I, I thought oh. they were you, really kind of getting good, but but then it got canceled. So you really watched this then? You you, you watched every <laughs> like you didn't just go this is garbage. I'm not going to watch this. You watched every episode of that. I didn't watch every episode, but I gave it I gave it a good chance. Gave it a so. fair shot. Like and that's the thing. I like Down said I. I felt the concept was really cool, and I remember thinking, this is really <laughs> – I wanted to get into it. I wanted to watch it and then just didn't. It didn't really – it didn't have that spark right off the get-go and that it, I think it needed. Well, I mean, it, it had Jolene Blaylock, let's not forget. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, there's tits on the show. Why do I watch every single episode? Finally, something for men. Now, <laughs> yeah. They have – like if – Obviously, they, they've gotten into that of having very attractive women on Star Trek. I don't know where that started. Oh, wait. Episode one of the very first one. But that, <laughs> it's a, it's a great thing. You know that your audience and, and she's really attractive. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Christian, any thoughts on Enterprise? Or uh, I, I echo Andrew's statements. I, I did not give the series a chance. I can't bag on this series because I never watched it. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, bleh, you know, I'm kind of finished. I just got to say, too, you know, I thought Scott Bakula was a pretty goddamn good uh, captain. Uh, I would say put up there against everybody, almost aside from maybe Picard and Kirk. He, he would say, I would say, is the third best captain, better than uh, whatever Buddy was from So basically, he beats out. Janeway and Cisco, in your opinion? I think so. I thought he was a really damn good uh, captain. When at times he fought when he needed to, he showed tenacity. I thought he was a very good captain, as a matter of fact. I like Cisco better, but <laughs> you know, it's opinions. It's opinions. <laughs> uh, I will say that uh, I think Enterprise uh, did not have the ending it deserved. It had the worst series finale, probably of all the shows. Do you remember this one, Downs, where they went back yes. actually to Next Generation, and they um, it was it was horrible. They um, <laughs> there was a seventh season episode of the Next Generation called the Pegasus, and in the last episode of Enterprise, they sort of show in between scenes of the Pegasus where Riker is trying to make some decisions about some things, and he goes to the holodeck and he sort of relives the. Um, uh, the life of the original Enterprise, NX-01. And it's a Riker who is older and fatter, no offense to Jonathan Frakes, because I'm sure he watches the sh- or listens to the show. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he and uh, Counselor Troy, who was also older, are... Was she fatter? Playing... <laughs> she might have been. Uh, they're playing themselves from like 12 years previously. And it's completely jarring and pretty bad no and uh, i totally agree i'm glad you brought this up because i kind of forgot about this this was also kind of i thought i I think they probably meant it as something cute but it was kind of like insulting right like oh you know what fuck this four years of this show four seasons of the show it was just a dream of the original show you know what i mean it wasn't really that it was a dream but it didn't give that that crew whatever you thought of it it didn't give that crew the proper send-off the proper finale it was like you know uh we're focusing more on Riker and and why he's making decisions. Then let's focus on the actual crew. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it was like we'd rather talk. We'd go. We'd rather go and stroke the ego of our TNG than give the proper goodbye to Enterprise. Oh, based on that, uh, based on that uh, topic, actually, was there a final uh, episode of Voyager? Like, did they eventually, you know, make it home, so to speak? They did. Oh, okay, good. I that was, that's actually how the yeah, episode was. Hey, look, home. That, Good. We can all know all right. that Captain Janeway made it home. She could finally take that hairpin out of her hair and let her she, hair down. She's actually in um, Star Trek Nemesis as the Admiral who gives Picard a uh, an assignment. I think it's in that. Maybe Are it's you in speaking euphemistically when you say he gave she gave Picard <laughs> an, ass, an assignment? And I'm using air quotes there. No. <laughs> Let's talk seriously here. No, I think that would be Picard giving her an assignment. <laughs> I'm going to give you an assignment, Janeway, and you're going to like it. <laughs> Thank you, Sean Connery. <laughs> Make Egg. Make Make Whatever, uh, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, going back to the movies, uh, there was the, the Star Trek movie in 2009, and let's uh, sort of get close to wrapping up our discussion by bringing that movie up. What did you guys think about that? There was a in 2000 what? No, I just 2009. <laughs> there was a movie then? Star no, Trek. that was this was this is I I'm going to call it uh not to steal titles but Star Trek a New Hope because this was a great movie and it gives me uh some promise or some hope for a bright future for Star Trek movies. I think 
we talked about it on, a, on an earlier episode where we talked about this movie and how whether or not we felt that was it for Star Trek television, I think obviously Star Trek television will never be fully dead. I think its heyday may have passed, but if you look to the future, if you take pro- uh, products like this and, you know, they're going to have more of these movies and hopefully they'll continue to be very good movies because they're, it was great and I want more. I want more. Uh, maybe in five years, Ten years, maybe we'll see another Star Trek uh, TV series. I'm going way beyond what you asked, CT, I know, but that was a fantastic movie, and I'd love to see more of them. Okay, let me jump in, because, you know, I'm not sure, I, I mean, you brought up something that I'm not sure I just, uh, that I agree with, you know, Andrew. Uh, I think, I mean, the, the Star Trek movie, the, the most recent one, is, is good. It's a good movie. It's great. But I think one of the things that I've heard as we've been talking tonight I think Star Great Star Trek uh, belongs a little bit on TV. Where a lot of the memories we're talking about were TV memories. They were episodic television memories. For they sure, weren't, they, they weren't big blockbuster two hour memories. But and this, I mean, this one this opens that door is what I what I what I no. I, and I mean, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure, sure they'll make a good couple movies of Chris Pine as a. Uh, a Captain, but is is Chris Pine a Captain Kirk on a weekly fucking starship uh, exploring the world, or even a Scott Bakula? I don't think so. And so it's interesting, just as I've been thinking about this, going, you know, that was a good science fiction movie, and it was great that it was Star Trek, but I, I don't know where it, it, if it really even touches what we've talked about in terms of Star Trek as TV. Christian, well, I love the movie. I think, and the one thing I love most about the movie was essentially how they. Uh, uh, basically kind of uh, generated their own kind of like storyline without stepping all over what had previously been done. That was the most beautiful thing about it. It's kind of like, okay, this is a fresh start for Star Trek, but make no you know bones about it, the other stuff still exists. And I think that was the one of the most fantastic things I loved about it. And the movie was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just the whole concept of the storyline. Like, I hate something to be rebooted and then you just piss all over what has already been done. In this case, it, it's almost like this is what we're doing, but we're still paying homage to what has been done, you know? Right. That, I, yeah. No, that is a great part of it. I, I guess, I, I, you know, I am um, such a – I'm so close to Trek as, as I think it's obvious by now. I'm such a Trek period, purist that um, – I'll admit I was not a fan of this of this movie. I thought it was <gasps> what? You gasp. Let me finish. Let me finish. Get off I the podcast. That it, was, <laughs> <laughs> that it was a it would have been a fine movie on its own or even as a as a strict reboot. I I guess what I didn't really like about it was what you're saying, Christian, that they uh that they did this whole thing where they pulled Spock from the future and and uh, and the villain from the future, and they had it kind of right over or create the tangential timeline of the um, you know of this of this series and everything else kind of exists. I I thought it could have been just a strict reboot and it been okay. Really? Yeah, well, no, you make a good point. I will say too, like the, the Eric Bannock character was sort of my least favorite of this one. I don't think he delivered as much as he should have, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if I completely agree. I think it would have been just fine without. Uh, Spock in it, but one of the enjoyable things of this movie is the fact that you were seeing new, I'll use air quotes for Dejo, rebooted characters that you knew already from the original show. You were seeing, uh, Kirk and Spock and all your favorites in, you know, new flashy form, and that was part of the awesomeness of it. So, of course, you have to pay homage or, and have 
someone from the original crew show up. Uh, it would be kind of funny if they didn't. I think people would probably complain. I don't know. But I, I think thought the homage was a very – it was not – it was a minor part of the movie, but I thought it was very uh, – how am I trying to say of just well basically – uh, it just—it was just nice that they basically kind of like, okay, you—you're on your own now. Good luck, you know. And the fact that the the legacy of the series is still a big—that's a—it's a still a big part of fans of the original stuff. You know what I mean? I know. I thought that was nice. I didn't think it made a big fucking deal at all whether it was there or not. I think a, a, a strict reboot disregarding what has been done would be kind of like, ugh, kind of like a slap in the face, in my opinion. I don't know. <laughs> I get that. I take your silence as disagreement, but I like you have to admit you're you're looking at Kirk like he's playing Kirk. There has to be something there. Now it doesn't have to have Spock, but I mean it's tied so heavily into that first stuff that it doesn't. I think it doesn't doesn't really put a bad taste in my mouth. But I'm not a huge Trekkie. Uh, like per, per se, like you are. So, yeah, and, I, and I did preface that. I mean, I did say that I am too close to it. I think I think that's part of my problem with it. Is that you get, you know, if you're too close to something and it doesn't quite measure up in 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 a certain way. I mean, think about it. Let's go back to Star Wars. If there was a Star Wars reboot, I, I think you guys would probably have a pretty. Oh, tough we would, like we said, blasphemy. Like, uh, especially if Luke showed up and went, "Hey, I'm Luke's dad." Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, that said, I mean, I did watch it. I gave it a chance. I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a fun movie. I just, I, mean, I, I don't know. I just felt like, I, I guess I would have done it differently. I appreciate That's... the nod, and I think you're freaking just too freaking whatever. No, I, you too know, much what? of a purist, freaking Jim Henson. I like this. I like to hear that because everyone I talk to loves Star Trek. They thought it was a great movie, and I think it's good and good for a no pun intended next generation of Star Trek watchers. To, as an introduction to them because it's slick, it's new, it's cool, uh, but it's it's almost refreshing or neat to get a, an opinion of a Trekkie. Yeah, that. but reboots, when they disregard the original content, only are, are fine with me as long as, as long as the original content is soulless and pieces of shit, for crying out loud. You know what I mean? Star Trek is a, basically a property that's existed in many different ways and many different forms that I don't think should be just totally disregarded with this a simple reboot. No, I mean, you know, when I look at this, I, I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, between what you, both you guys are saying, I, I like the the nod to the old series and the fact that they brought, uh, you know, Spock out of that timeline or whatever. I, I don't know how they're going to explain it down the road, but um, at the same time, I think I'm also agreeing with what CT says. This to me doesn't feel a lot like Star Trek. It feels like another science fiction movie that happens to have some characters that have similar names to people we know and is, has the title of something we know. You know, there are a lot, not a lot else of it feels a lot like Star Trek. You know what I mean? It's way flashier and, and a lot more advanced than I think what we're used to in Star Trek, what I was getting at in terms of, you know, again, the TV versus uh, film properties. I, I think it's going to be interesting going forward. I mean, I, they're going to obviously make more movies. Uh, I just don't know. Is the future of Star Trek movies? I don't know. I mean, they've made a lot. I would think they've made a lot more money or a lot there's a lot more properties on TV than they have on film, I, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I'd like to think that this slight nod in this newest Star Trek movie would basically have, like, you know, you know, our kids or kids of you know who don't know anything about Star Trek before that kind of think to themselves, who the heck is this old guy at the end of the movie? 
and where is he from, and IMDB him, and like, holy crap, he's in a whole bunch of these other Star Trek shows I've never heard about, and maybe look into that in their own stupid way on their... No, to- totally, and as, as, I mean, like yourself, Christian, as a continuity purist, like, that I am, I have the issues of the comic book that go from the last TNG story and bridge the gap between the film, right? And I read that, and, and I like the fact that someone thought that out. I appreciate that, that they said, okay, the last time anyone saw Star Trek on TV, it was like this, or at least these characters, the main characters, TNG, I guess, or the timeline maybe, you know, and now we're going to go to this, so here's the story in between, because our characters intercede. I, I, I appreciate thinking about that, you know, I'm not as a, much as a purist as, as CT is, but I still think that this doesn't feel like... You know, even TNG, as different as it was, still kind of felt like it was in the same realm. And I think uh, DS9 and, and Voyager all still felt like you were playing in the same ballpark. I think Star Trek, which I like the movie, differently than TT, but I don't think it necessarily fits in with the rest of the Star Trek yeah, pop but, properties. Well, all, all the shows, all of Star Trek, up until... 2000, the 2009 movie, Star Trek is a very cerebral kind of show. I mean, we've talked about this, like Picard and, and Kirk even weren't, weren't going to go into a fight without trying to talk their way out of it. And there was a very much a, that was very much a functionality of the TV show. Like they don't want to spend money on special effects and show a big space battle because that's a lot of money. So it winds up being a very cerebral show. Um, the movie is not that. The movie is very much like Andrew was kind of saying, Star Trek, A New Hope, kind of hearkening back to what people like about Star Wars. And, and that may be just what, where Star Trek but, goes in the future. That just may but, be the future of Trek. Okay, but look, let me ask you this, CT. Have, have the, do you think, in your opinion, of any of the Star Trek movies have, in your, in your, in your, in your you know, what are you saying, cerebral? Have they ever been cerebral? The movies? Yes. Uh, I think Trek. Star Trek Two is well. Star Trek One is certainly very cerebral. Star Trek Two yeah. has a lot of the has a lot of Kirk and Khan uh, facing off with their you know their their mind more than even uh, space battles. So yeah, definitely. But those first two, though, I don't know. I just I think there's some punk kid out there who doesn't know anything about anything we've talked about right now, and discovers this movie, and then maybe discovers something else, and I don't think that Nod is that big of a deal. So no, we'll f- no, no, and I, I appreciate that. I guess what I think what I'm saying is, you know, we've just talked about Star Trek for a whole bunch of while. My concern is we're going to see more flashy, um, white, uh, lens flare Star Trek films, and less really cool science fiction Star Trek TV. Okay, that, oh, I see what I, I know exactly what you're saying. Basically, you're hoping that the actual essential core of science fiction storytelling will be lost with kind of like flash, pomp and circumstance or flash and, you know. Yeah, Yeah, because at the end of the day, this wasn't really a science fiction story. It was about a guy who happened to have this crazy-ass ship. Yeah, and just, they just wanted revenge, right? Like there wasn't a whole lot science right. fiction about the about the well, most you know, recent film. From that perspective, I totally agree. That's a very good point, and hopefully, that maybe in, in any case, once again, this movie will get some stupid kid to go back and watch the stuff that we freaking wasted our time watching. Yeah, well, I, just to kind of wrap up my thoughts on on the future of Trek, I think that we'll probably get you know they, there's uh, there was an article today about there being uh, like treatment for the next movie i think we'll get definitely a next movie probably another two or three of them and uh but i do think eventually it will make its way back to tv in some capacity i don't know when that will be but 
But I think that's where its home is. Starfleet Academy. That's what they got to do. No, and uh, um, just you know, I think you're totally right, CT. I think that's where its home is. And I just want to say that uh, when we talked about this before about the Star Trek movie, and I said on a previous podcast, five, I said ten years at the most before Star Trek would be on back on TV. I just wanted to remind that I said that because I think it's going to happen. <laughs> and when they, and, and 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 everyone scoffed. DJ specifically said, no way inside of 10 years will we ever see Star Trek TV. And I still, to this day, think that is incorrect. I think we'll see it before that. I, 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 remember, you, I remember you saying that, and I agree with you, Downs. I think it'll be back. Hold on. I'm getting my day planner out from the Write 2000, that shit down. 2021, <laughs> May 20. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's. Uh, I guess that's that's all of Star Trek. I think we did it. I think we talked about all of it. <laughs> <laughs> we killed it. <laughs> That's nothing that. else to talk about Star Trek. That's for sure. <laughs> they were going to do a new a new series until they heard this podcast. Now they're just tired of it. <laughs> Can I apologize to all the Star Trek fans out there from the get go for crying out loud listening to us? Jesus. Anyway. All right. Well, um, with that, now it's time for our atomic picks. And Christian, you want to go first? Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, I have a very uh, lame uh, atomic pick this week. Uh, I had the privilege of going to uh, the Lego store, which is the, the first Lego store that I've ever been to. Uh, and I'm not only it's the first one in Canada, but it's the first one in my area that I've ever been to. And needless to say, I was pretty impressed by the stuff they had. But what I was more impressed by, and I placed this on our uh, Atomic Geeks Facebook page. Why don't you go there and like us, you jerk? Uh, and there was one particular product there, and not to poo-poo on the topic at hand, but there was a Death Star Lego set. And let me tell you, it's got a whole bunch of friggin' stormtroopers and characters that come with this Death Star Lego set. Uh, the price is a bit out of my range. It's five hundred dollars for this Lego Death Star. But you, you go to the Facebook page and look at this and tell me that you don't want this for crying out loud. But uh, yeah, five hundred bucks. Uh, maybe in a different life, uh, time or place, I might get it. But who? Maybe one day. Who knows? Andrew. For my atomic pick this week, uh, this weekend I went out and saw the latest, uh, installment of the Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Meh is the best I can say about this movie. It's quite bloated with story and, and characters. They're, they're doing, they tried to slim it down, I think, from the last one to make it a bit better by getting rid of Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom. Good name. Uh, and then they just filled it with other people that, you know, um, Jeffrey Rush is very good. Of course, it's great to see, uh, Johnny Depp again. But even in this one, you're kind of thinking, what are you doing, man? There's so much story and not enough follow through. Uh, but I will say there's some, uh, there's some action on there. There's some all right stuff. Uh, if you're a big fan of this, go see it. Other than that, I wouldn't waste your time. They really didn't solve the problems from the last movie. Gonna give it a meh. Like, I can't. It's a pick, a pan pick, a pack. <laughs> I don't know. Don't see it. Mr. Downs. Okay, so a little uh, late on this one, I suppose, but uh, I, I did finally get to see Thor. Or I, Well, it wasn't finally. I saw it after opening weekend. And I just got to say, I thought this movie kicked ass. Um, I think DJ was right on in his uh pick uh comparatively to andrew who i thought was completely incorrect um you know uh, <laughs> I, 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 
No, but I, I thought I thought the cheesy jokes about wait, you can't give me a needle because I'm the god of blah blah blah, and then they stick a needle in his ass and he passes out. I thought that shit was funny. I didn't think there was anything cheesy about this movie. I thought it was bang on. Um, I also want to say. I love Natalie Portman and any movie she's in and she blesses us with her presence on screen. It's fucking fine by me. Um, She did nothing in this movie to detract from Thor. This is is a fucking phenomenal uh, comic book movie. If you've not seen this yet, I know it's two weeks after the thing's out probably by the time you get to hear this. But if you've not seen it yet, you really should take the chance to see this movie in the theater. It really fucking kicks ass. Uh, Really up there with the comic book movies for sure. All right, and uh, I have two quick ones this week. The first one is a pan, actually, um, kind of in line with Thor. But uh, the, the, there's a bunch of toy toys coming out for Thor, and uh, and most recently there's been a toy line for Captain America: The First Avenger. Even though the movie's not out yet, the toys have hit the stores here in the states anyway. And uh, I really like the Marvel figures that Hasbro has done recently with the GI Joe level of articulation. Um, but these cap figures I got were really disappointing. I got um, the Battlefield cap, which is sort of the um, Golden Age ultimate kind of style figure. And then I can't remember what the other one's called, like art- Artillery cap, and it's more of the classic version. Their posability is uh, lessened. There's a lot of like spots where the Marvel figures and the G.I. Joe figures have had joints that these characters don't. Um, the plastic seems softer. The color schemes seem off. They don't come with stands, um, and they were all priced the same or higher than the Marvel figures. So I, I was really disappointed with them. Uh, hopefully they'll make up for this in future waves. Um, and secondly, I wanted to talk about something that uh, you guys brought up a few weeks ago on the show, and that's the 2002 He-Man cartoon. Um, I picked this up off Amazon. They have the complete series for uh, 7 or $8. Uh, it's 39, 39 episodes, and I thought, why, why not? So for that price, I, I highly recommend anyone picking it up. It's very good. It maintains a, a respect for the original Filmation series, but yet there's a lot of the silliness that's been filtered out. Trapjaw and Beastman, for example, they're still they're still idiots, but they still like you can see why Skeletor keeps these guys around. Like they've they've got some cool powers. They've uh, got a lot of um, uh, cool storylines. There's like Mechanek has a whole episode, and you're like, wow, I can kind of see um, how Mechanek might be kind of cool. Uh, so, uh, Chris Locke on the forum says singing the praises of it. I would, I would agree. Back them up. Uh, check it out. Only $8. Why not? Okay. So before we move on, I, we, we need to have a conversation with CT about how great it is just to be American and to have the American dollar and to buy things at American prices and go to a gas station. Our dollar is better than their dollar. Oh, that's true. Right now it is, but we still have the things we buy in the store are still Canadian priced, even though. The dollars more. The, the U.S. Yeah. price is still different for no fucking apparent reason. And on, on Amazon, it's not. Uh, it's, it's not, not going to be. Well, it, well, in fact, you would have to go. They push you usually to a uh, Canadian site. Sometimes nowadays, actually, a lot of e sites have the same price. It's true, uh, but obviously, shipping is more because we have customs and all that bullshit. Yeah, it sure sucks to be a Canadian. It's geek. just nice to be American. Is all it is. I just got to well, say, you don't know I wonder, how good you I have. I wonder it. if there's an episode where we talk about how it sucks to be a Canadian geek. I know, but we didn't have. But CT wasn't on there. I was just stroking his freaking American Eagle back. Give me a break. <laughs> All right, well, let me finish up my Mountain Dew voltage here. And go to the gas station with all the fucking treats and get some heebie-jeebies or whatever. <laughs> Episode 102, download it. <laughs> <laughs> Great host. 
All right. Well, that's going to do it for episode 115. Thank you, Geeks, for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, sir. No, yeah, CT, thanks for coming out. It's uh, It's been a uh, – I had a lot of fun tonight, for crying out loud, uh, obviously, and I've interrupted a lot and, and fucked the rest of you guys. Other than <laughs> I was going to say, it's it's very, very cool to have somebody else host, and now, CT, maybe you gain a bit of an appreciation for what the host has to go through dealing yes, with these yes. idiots. I'm sorry, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, all I have to say is thank you, CT, for making us talk about Star Trek finally. It was a good conversation. So It was a very good conversation. And with that, Tired Canadian, this episode was for you. <laughs> so I uh, do, do want to do a special shout-out to uh, one listener who has submitted an iTunes review, and it's the first review from Australia. It's AJ Maggot, who is a regular poster on the forum. He has left a review. And um, I say, as an outsider, if you have not done an iTunes review, now is the time. Go on there and talk about how much you really liked it when CT takes over the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, from bef- before we get to the wrap-up, I do want to say a little bit about myself real quickly. Uh, for more on me, visit nerdlunch.net, where um, I have recently posted the third episode of Nerd Lunch, the web series, which is a little video podcasty thing I've done. And um, I like it, and I don't really like a lot of stuff I do, so check it out. It's an excellent uh, episode. Everybody should be checking it out. And uh, thank you, Christian. I, I appreciate that. And um, you can find me on Twitter at Nerd Lunch. We have a Facebook page, and love for you to come to uh, come over there and like us. Facebook.com/slash Nerd Lunch. But of course, check out theatomicgeeks.com, where you can get updated on their shows and get access to their forums, where we're all hanging out and chatting, and you can uh, and have conversations with everybody, including myself, when I get on there. Sometimes uh, all the Atomic Geeks are on Twitter. Uh, the Atomic Geeks. Uh, at the Atomic Geeks, at Hunkburger, at Atomic Geek Downs, and at Atomic Geek Bloom. And Bloom, by the way, you are still not following me. <laughs> I'm still not following Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, Christian mentioned already the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Atomic Geeks. So that will do it for this episode. On behalf of the Atomic Geeks, this is CT signing off. Kapla. <laughs> You've just listened to another episode of The Atomic Geeks. Visit us at theatomicgeeks.com. Production by Andrew Bloom. Title track by Don't Look Down. Actually, CT could appreciate this. I have the superpowers dark side. With the little red thing with the, on, the, on his head? Yeah. And I have the cape. The cape, too. I always pronounce that dark seed, but anyways. Well, why would that make sense? I don't know. Just dark side didn't like sound necessarily like it was a good enough name. I don't know. I, dark oh, so dark seed sounds better. It sounds different. Watch out! I've come to plant you with evil. <laughs> it's like uh, L seed from the tick. Exactly. Hey, stop wasting all the jokes. <laughs> Chris has got a fucking hundred of them. You were there in Chicago. He doesn't have very many. <laughs> go. That was a funny morning. Anyway, okay, okay go, enough, go, go, go. Fascinating. One minute to auto destruct.